It can be easy to forget how good of a God that we serve. When you and I are going about our daily lives, when you and I are going to school or going to work or driving in our car or laying in bed at night and our mind is just racing of all the things that we have to do, it can be easy to be uh, consumed in all that we have to do. It can be easy to be consumed by the troubles that we're facing. It can be easy to doubt if you can do what it is that you need to do. But you have to remember that God hasn't left us alone. He is our Heavenly Father. And as our Heavenly Father, He has a duty to take care of His children. In the book of Matthew 14, there is a passage where Jesus walks on water. And it's a very interesting passage that I've recently had to reread. So let's go right into it. So it's Matthew 14, 22 is where it starts. Uh, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Uh, that's all, that's all, just as a side note, that's one thing Jesus often did a lot. After he preached and was with the multitude, he would often go by himself and separate himself and isolate himself and pray, which is something that uh, we should all do. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus replied, Come on over here. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. That is quite the story. So, so think about it, you know, imagine you're Peter, imagine you are one of the disciples and you're sitting in the boat and you're just going through life and you see that the wind is rocking, uh, the, the, the waves are moving. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. You feel like you're going to drown. You're scared. You're terrified. You're out, you're out there in the middle of a big body of water. You have you know, you against the water, it's, you have no chance of really winning. It's easy to be afraid, and it, it makes legitimate sense. But you sit there, and as things are going crazy, you see you see something out there. You're just like, "What is that?" And it it, it you know it's it's foggy, it, it's raining, it's hard, it's just it's really hard to see, and it appears to be a ghost that's just on top of the water. That's absolutely terrifying. 
we can take that into our own lives and say, wow, everything that I'm going through, I have to pay this bill. I have to go to this appointment. I have to be to work at this time. I need these things to happen. I need this scholarship. I need this loan to go through. I need, I need this healing. I need, I need to go here. I need to do that. I need to get this. I need to get this done. So many things consume us. That's, that's, that's the storm that we're in. That's what we're, that's what we're experiencing. And God is just looking down at us and saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. Like, talk to me. There's a song by, uh, I, want, I think her name is Deborah Moncrief, I believe. And the song is called Jesus is the Only God. So this Jesus, Jesus is God. And so we see that Jesus is able to walk on water and he was able to calm the storm. He's, he's able to speak to the weather. He's able to tell the weather to, to, to pretty much cease and desist, and it obeys. The weather listens to him. So we being sons and daughters of God, the same God who walked on the water, we can call on him. And just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I need help. I need, I need clarity. I'm not sure what to do, which, you know, you know, I'm applying for jobs, but nothing is going on. I'm not getting any callbacks. I'm not getting any interviews or I'm getting interviews and they're saying, well, you know, we are, uh, sorry, we're full right now, but you know, if anything opens up, we'll, we'll call you. You're waiting for that scholarship. You're, you're waiting for school to reopen. It can be easy to feel to feel forsaken. It's it's easy to feel forgotten about. But God hasn't forgotten you. God knows more about you and cares about you more than you know about you and care about yourself. He knows the the amount of hairs that are on your head. That's that's in the Bible. So when we need something, and now this isn't to say that we should only call on God when we need something, but it, but what this shows is we serve a great God. We serve a mighty God. We serve not just, not just a God who, who doesn't really care about us and, but we, we serve a God who, who looks, who looks at us and he, he hasn't, he wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. If it's in the Bible, it's true. He cares about what you care about. He wants to help you. In scripture, it'll say, it, it says, you have not because you ask not. And it, 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 that really didn't make a lot of sense to me and, and, I, I've gone over that scripture multiple times, and each time I go over it, uh, I, I I get a new revelation. And when I when I looked over it, it was like, wow, you have not because you asked not. Now there's now there's stuff be, that comes before, and there's stuff that comes after that. And it's like that's really interesting. We hear it all the time: a closed mouth doesn't get fed. 
So God knows what you need. He knows what you desire. He knows what you need to get done. He has he has a job for you to do. And he's just saying if you need if you need anything all you have you all you have to do is ask for it in my name. If you're if you're if you're if you're doing my will and you're doing what I've asked you to do. If you're obeying me, I he is obligated. He's obligated. He must give you what you need. He has to. God cannot forsake his children. Why? Because what it because what it is, it's an embarrassment to him. Because then people are looking at you and it's like, wow, I thought that person was a Christian. Isn't God supposed to care about his don't they say that God is like their heavenly father or something? And isn't a father supposed to like care about his children? So if that's a if they're a Christian, um why why are they struggling? Why can't they, you know, why why are they always having problems? It is an embarrassment to God saying, Wow, I can't just let I can't just let my my son or daughter down there just I can't I can't forsake them. If they're doing what, what I've asked them to do, I have to bless them. I have to give them what they need. I have to. That is his, that is his mentality. But that's how, that's how great of a God we serve. He loves us so much. He wants the best for us. And all we have to do is just call out to him. Just say, Lord, help me. The shortest prayer in the Bible is in this passage. Matthew 14:30. But when he saw the wind, he was not he was afraid, and beginning to sink cried out, "Lord, save me." That's the shortest prayer in the Bible. Sometimes you you know, you don't always have to go down and on your knees and have a huge eloquent prayer that's 30 minutes long. All you, sometimes all you have to do is say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, heal me. Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me. Lord, I'm confused. Which way should I go? And he will help you. He will assist you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will tell you exactly, exactly what you need to do. And that is just such a blessing. It's really, really amazing. I mean, we can go to First Samuel 17. And, you know, it's a it's a fairly long, it's a fairly long chapter, but that's where David goes against goes against Goliath. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to chapter 17, verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his, in his own tunic. He put on he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And then he told Saul, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones for the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? 
and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Goliath. That That's impressive. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. What a powerful statement. That's David that's David coming out and saying, you know, yeah, he's he's yeah, you're pretty big. You're pretty big, Goliath. You're you you're you you have some impressive stature. Yeah, you're 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 physically gifted. But what I but you you can't beat God. You can't beat the God that I serve. You can't beat me because I'm his child. And God, because I'm his child, he my father has to protect me. I'm doing his will. You're you're out here, you're mocking me. So you're mocking one of one of his you're mocking one of his sons. You're mocking uh his army, so you're mocking some more of his children, and you're mocking our entire nation. So you're mocking his chosen people. You've 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 picked the wrong battle, Goliath. You've come out here and you said, you know what? I can I can I can beat them. They're all puny. They're all afraid of me. So I'm just I'm just going to continue to mock them. And David says, no, enough of this. The God that we serve has to protect us. He let he helped lead our people out of Egypt. He's done so much for our people. You are just one man. Yeah, you yeah, you're tall. Yeah, you're big. Yeah, you're muscular. But you're not my heavenly father. You cannot do the things that he can do. And we all know how the story ends. As the Philistine moved closer to him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And then uh, David, you know, as you know, David, go ahead, uh, he went ahead and beheaded him. But what does that show? That when you need something, God is there with you. If you're doing his will, all you have to do is ask. And all you have to do is obey. That's how good God is. Because you are his child, because I'm his child, he must protect us. He must provide for us. Later in David's life, he says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And, I, and I've never seen the children of the righteous begging for bread. He cares so much about you and I. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is ask and obey. That's all we have to do. He loves us that much. He hasn't left you. He hasn't left me. This pandemic has been going on for a good amount of time now. And most people are tired of it. Republicans, Democrats, Independents, whatever. People would really just like to go back to normal. And people would like to go back to doing what they did before. 
But God is saying, look, I love you and I, I know it's hard right now. I know it's tough. I know you're, you're used to doing the things that you did before. But I'm still here. I'm still the same God. I'm the God that caused an east, used an east wind to part the Red Sea. I'm the same God that walked on water. I'm the same God that helped uh, David kill Goliath. I'm the same God that uh, when 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 Daniel was thrown to the lions, then I'm the same God that had the mouths of the lions shut. I'm the same God who, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the pit of fire, I'm the one who who saved them. There are countless of examples in the Bible of what God did and what He what He has done for His people. So, if He can do those things, and if if God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, why would He stop? Why 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 would He not help you? Why would he stop loving you? All you have to do is ask and obey.